Welcome back to Pancreas Pals, a podcast by diabetics for diabetics. I'm Emily, a writer and editor. And I'm Miriam, a licensed mental health counselor. We're just two women trying to live our best diabetic lives. While it might not always be easy due to the literal highs and lows, it always helps to have a pancreas pal to turn to. Hey guys, welcome to Pancreas Pals. Emily here, and guess who's here? Who's back in this co-hosting chair? She has warmed up the seat for years. It's hers. Welcome back, Christy. Just keeping the seat warm until Madam Miriam is back. Hello, everyone. So good to be here. So um, I am not going to be posting this episode until after Miriam can share the good news with all of you guys. But the reason why Christy is here, other than the fact that um, I can never stay far away from her and she's the best and she should always be here and is always welcome, is Miriam is about to have a bebe. Um, yes, I said that in the Moira Rose voice from Schitt's Creek, if you know, you know, but um, we're keeping it under wraps because, you know, why not? Everyone loves some good shock and awe, but, you know, when you're having a baby, I think you got to spend time with the baby. So Christy's here. <laughs> I've been told that the mom has to be involved. I don't know. That's just something I've heard. Um, and Christy, you know, has has been here through it, through the first four or so seasons. I don't even remember anymore. It's wild that this is season nine, I think. If I'm wrong, that's really embarrassing, but I'm excited. And we're kicking off season nine, obviously with Christy, but something that Christy rose, this episode was her idea. And I was like, hell yes, because that this is our life. So Christy, what are we going to be talking about today other than my joy of seeing your face? And other than my joy of seeing yours, and other than congratulating Miriam, we're just sitting here like desperately waiting for photos. So congrats. We love our Miriam. Cannot wait to see baby. Um, We're here to talk about gently harassing your doctors for answers, <laughs> if that's the proper way to say it. Um, which is probably something that my bones is probably having to say. <laughs> yeah. No, Not literally harass, but. Not harass, but. Um, but harass. Well, yes. Well, yes. <laughs> Pest, pester. Well, I'm when, trying to think of what my when mother you need, would call it. When you need answers to your questions, I take such full advantage of a patient portal. I'm trying to picture myself in Miriam's shoes, especially like being pregnant, T1D. I have so many questions, I'm not even in that position. So I'm going back to just all of the patient portals that I have bookmarked on my laptop there is not, there's nothing worse than like feeling anxious and in order to move on with your day, you feel like you need a professional opinion on what you're hearing and or you're trying to get records transferred over. For those of you don't, that don't know, I moved from Massachusetts back to New Jersey recently. So getting all of my records transferred from Massachusetts down to New Jersey just kind of reminded me how hard it is, but also how important it is to get your records transferred over in a timely manner. <laughs> there is a process to it, people. Um, and you have to know exactly who to follow up with. It's a whole thing. Yeah, I think that – so the moral of this episode is we're going to give you concrete, actionable ways that have worked for us in contacting a medical health professional or maybe even your direct doctor, whether that's trying to get in contact with them or how to make the most of your appointment. 
um, because there's just so many different ways. It can be hard when you actually get the what five whole minutes with your doctor in person to get the most out of that and ask all of your questions and, um, you know, especially with specialists, they are there and they have a list of things that they have to go through. And whether that's, you know, an OBG or your endocrinologist or a hybrid, because those actually do exist, which I had no idea about, um, it's important to make sure that you're not going to be following up for like twice a week for like three months because you didn't have the you know, you weren't in the headspace to ask the question that <clears throat> I'm not getting choked up about this, everyone. I'm just hoarse. Um, you didn't have the headspace to <laughs> ask the question. It's just like I really wish doctors would answer my questions. Um, but I that's mean, a really, joke, but I, I do get teared up about that. I mean, it can be so frustrating, especially as a woman, and I can't imagine, let alone being a minority woman, um, going through this, but it can be really frustrating and really just case in point that you're not being heard, at least um, for my diagnosis story, that was the case. Um, even though I did have a white woman doctor, I was screaming into the abyss about my diagnosis. No one believed me that I was having these symptoms or that anything was going on. Again, head back to season one, episode one to hear me and Christie's wild rides getting diagnosed. But, um, you know, if I had the the forethought to really advocate for myself in those in those doctor's offices in that chair, I feel like my life would have been so different in my first two years after, or my first two years with diabetes, but first few months after being diagnosed. So Christy, what are your hot tips in terms of patient portals? And I know you mentioned bookmarking things on your desktop for those people that aren't super tech savvy. You're not alone, but that's basically just a shortcut on your computer to click into a specific portal. Sorry if I am woman-splaining technology to you if you do know this, but Christy, take it away from here because I can't stop talking. Um. That was beautiful. And also like bookmarking any standard page is about as high tech as I get. So it's a good reminder for me <laughs> as well. Um, my number one tip is if you are trying to get any kind of information in a hurry, say firmly, respectfully, please do not connect me to a voicemail. Sometimes even if it's my first call, I find if you express that you have been calling, and often this is true, I'll have called numerous times, been sent to a voicemail, I don't like leaving voicemails. They say that they will get back to you by the end of the day. They never I, do. I don't find that that's true. So if I get any live person on the phone, especially if it's someone who's helpful, don't be shy to explain your situation a little bit because if you are expressing, you know, this is not a, med an, this is not a medical emergency. I don't need to call 911. However, I'm an anxious patient. I have X, Y, and Z coming up, and this is what I need in order to get through the day. Please, if you're going to connect me to another line, I totally understand. Please do not connect me to a voicemail. If there's a live person that is better suited to answer my question than you, I'm happy to speak to another live person, but I really can't be sent to a voicemail right now. I have felt heard in those scenarios. More often than not, people will understand that you have either already left a message or what you are looking for can't, it can't be helped if you leave a message. There are times when you need your information sent from one doctor to another in time for another appointment. And if you've been calling for the last month and been really polite and you have left those voicemails and you're still trying to get the information over and it's just not moving over, you just need to be firm and just say, hi, 
this is exactly what I need. I tend to overshare, but it tends to result in quicker action. And they understand, okay, you've taken these other steps. Let me see if there's a doctor on call or just someone in the office who can help you that I can transfer you to rather than just sending you to medical records for the fourth time. Oh, I mean, there's just so much there that is good, actionable information that just leads me to takes me back to some low key PTSD moments I had recently with Insulate, which are the makers of Omnipod, which is my tubeless insulin pump that I love that I have been on since my diagnosis in 2014. Um, I've had multiple different insurances through different jobs, even you know before I was even 26, like through my dad. Um, I have been there. They have had all of my money for years. Um, You'd think that any type of customer loyalty would lend you to like maybe any type of, I don't know, like understanding and that you pay your bills and like, I don't know, I'm rambling now, but moral of, I had a situation with insurance and that uh, Omnipod sent me I had a new job and Omnipod sent me on auto ship. Um, and that, sorry, there's a dog like freaking out in the background and it's not my dog, but I hope that dog's okay. <laughs> Omnipod had sent me a three month subscription uh, or three month supply. This isn't like a beauty box. Uh, three month <laughs> supply of Omnipods, of pods. And I had alerted them because my insurance had started the first of the month and they sent them the third of the month. And I alerted them like the third of the month, the day that they sent the pods that I had my insurance change. But my insurance retroactively covered those pods because my insurance technically started the first of the month. So I can't tell you how many people I spoke to at Inslet where they were like, no, we're charging, you have to pay this $1,800. And I was like, I already paid the $1,800 because I did, and I was just trying to get the information so I could bill it through my insurance. And they were like, you can't bill it through your insurance. And I was like, yes, I can. I know how insurance works. Like, what are you saying? That's what insurance is for. Um, Yeah. And they were like, well, you know, so moral of it ended up being their fault because they didn't check my insurance on file before sending the shipment of pods. But it took three months for this to get resolved and $1,800 that couldn't be applied apparently to my deductible. So I was then out of pocket paying so much money, like another $1,800 to meet my deductible. And I'm just an editor in New York. Yes, a senior editor, but I do not make amazing money. And I like, you know, that's beyond the point, but that's money that I needed to buy my insulin, to buy my food, to buy these other things. And I was going through this and I'm thinking about all these people that make less money than me or are in between jobs or are, you know, on a temporary visa or something in the U.S. And like, I was just appalled at the way that they were handling this. And I was getting tossed from person to person. And I even was connecting people through, I got my company's um, healthcare liaison involved and they were appalled. And basically at the end of the day, I I finally got like the managers, managers, managers on the phone, manager on the phone. Um, and I was in tears and I'm like an angry crier. I don't really cry when I'm sad unless like, you know, a loved one passes away. Otherwise, I just cry when I'm not being understood because my when body, there's I, literally nothing else. To yeah. Do. I'm, when my body is like, I, 
like I, I'm out of words, like nothing is coming across, like my eyes just start leaking. It's not like something I try to do. So, but you know, everyone should be able to cry. If Miriam were here, she'd be like, Emily, let's talk about this. But I'm moving forward with my story because I can't stay on topic. Uh, we miss Miriam. <laughs> miss you, Miriam. Hope you and Bibi are great. Anyways, so the this guy I get on the phone and I'm like, listen, I have talked to seven different people in the last two weeks, and this has been a journey for months before that. I cannot afford to be out this $1,800. I had already paid you this $1,800. I'm not asking to be paid back for the $1,800. I am asking for a sheet of paper to submit to my insurance to get the information that should have come with the shipment, but it did not come because you guys didn't check my insurance. So it ended up being this whole thing. And he was like, I finally, I was like, listen, sir, I know this is not your fault. And I understand that there have been many people in between you and me that have gotten me to this point and for me to be feeling this type of level of unheard. But I have been a loyal customer for seven years and I need to be able to afford every other thing in my life. And I am just not asking you guys to pay for this. I am asking for a sheet of paper to send to my insurance. You're asking for what's right and for what's yeah. right, what's fair, what's legal, what you're entitled so to. They were upset. And this is what I understood. Again, like if someone from Inslet's listening to this and I'm wrong, like whatever, but it's done. Please no one open this case back up. But um, from what I understood is they realized they made a mistake and they didn't want me to bill it through insurance because then they were going to have to pay me back the money that I had already paid. So ultimately, once they realized that, they sent me a check for the money that I had paid them. And then I got, I kid you not, Christy, I got another bill after I was told it was taken care of a month later. And I called back and I managed to get this other guy, the original guy on the phone. I was like, I can't handle this. I straight up was like, I don't, let's, let's say his name was like Bob. I was like, Bob, Bob, you've seen me at my lowest point, Bob. I cannot go through this again. I do not have it in me. I do not have an extra $1,800 to give to you. I don't know what happened here, but I cannot pay this again. He was like, we never billed you that. And I was like, Bob, I'm holding the bill in my hand right now. It is as real as, <laughs> as it can be. I am not imagining this. Wait, Emily, Bob the, Bob the Builder. Oh my God. That's probably why Bob the Bill Man. Um, Right. He was like, he's like, just just ignore the bill. And I was like, am I going to have a debt collector coming after me? This is going to affect my credit score. I was like, what if I want to buy a house in 10 years? He was like, lady, slow your roll. <laughs> he's like, I, I was like, listen, I'm taking down your name, your number, your position, like what have you. If I get another bill, if someone comes after me for this, I'm Ooh, just going to make that's sure. A, that's another good tip though, Em. Yeah. Write down if you get a representative or anyone who is walking you through something. Or anyone gives you who's a definitive answer about something. Anytime anyone someone gives you an answer. Anyone who's explaining anything to you and you say, okay, I'm going to repeat that back to you. And I always do that. I'm going to repeat that back to you. Everything you've just told me is X, Y, Z, my new phrase of the night take down their name, make sure that you have their information so that the next time you call back, if you happen to get another person, which actually I'm saying if you happen to get another person, it's pretty likely. If you call back and get someone different, you can say, I spoke to Bob, Bob the Builder, and he told me X, Y, Z. 
Yeah. That way there's at least a trail of you being given one piece of information and you're getting another elsewhere. Especially if you end up having to escalate to different levels of managers, like having, you know, obviously I'm not saying or even suggesting you keep track of what level of manager you've spoken to, but they'll usually know if you're like, oh, Bob told me this. They're like, oh, Bob's the person below me or Bob's in this department. Like, you know, if you're at this level, it just, it makes your life easier. I think my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is a, everyone is out for money. So at the end of the day, whether it be doctors, like billing, what have you, people are trying to cover their butts. So they're not going to owe you money. Just like I'm trying to cover my butt for trying to get that money back in some sense. Like, any type of medical field is a business in the United States, and that's not changing anytime soon. So if you're talking about billing departments, I'm not talking about specifically with doctors, but if you have issues like I do every so often with billing departments messing things up, it's super important to leave a paper trail in your emails and getting people's names and phone numbers and like who you've spoken to. Because if you can go back and point to someone and be like, I was told this at this day by this person then it'll make your life so much easier. But I will say I have had that happen in the past where they're like, we don't have anyone that works here by that name. And I'm like, you do, period. Like, you know, you can only do so much. So it's not worth driving yourself insane over, but it is worth making sure that you're checking all of your boxes and having a set plan. Otherwise, you can get lost in the shuffle. You can end up in tears like I did that time. And it's not, it's totally fine to to do that. but it will save you time and a lot of heartache to make sure that you have a game plan. There was one more thing that you mentioned, Christy, that yes, it's like I am 100% for, you know, saying I am a patient with anxiety, like this and this, but I have found that doctors tend to write me off if I mention any type of anxiety, um, whether that's That's awful. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is when I say doctors tend to write me off, I literally just mean like that was the reason for my misdiagnosis, like a big chunk of it. Um, So I'm not saying it's not okay to mention that or lead with that or whatever, but I would just make sure that if it's applicable to the situation, like I'm not calling about billing because I'm anxious about the bill. I'm calling about billing because I was wrongly, like I wasn't given an insurance code to bill, whatever. But if you're calling because like you're anxious about test results, that's one thing. But if you're calling for like a separate reason that doesn't have to do with that, it can change the the level of escalation in each department. So I think there's a time and a place for everything, but I have been burned. <laughs> so I'm over that's here being awful. salty. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's a, it's a hard knock life out there. I mean, I think every person gets anxiety and therefore I think that no one should be thought of as any different than anyone else for having it. But unfortunately, that's not really always the case, especially in the medical world. Um, and complaints can be heard as worries instead of legitimate reasons to be asking for something. So I'm sure Miriam would have a whole long list of things to say to that, but I try to keep things as succinct as possible when I'm trying to escalate something because if there's ever a way for something to get misfiled or misconstrued, 
that's just an extra level of heartache on my part because then it's like, oh, we thought you were calling about this, but you were calling about this. And it's like, just give me my insurance code. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is that so hard? I'm clearly still upset about this. This was like seven months ago. And I just like my insurance obviously has since started over. We're in the new year. But um, you know, also anyone who else who has United Healthcare, I'm sure you know my struggles, like with insulin pumps and all these things. But it's just the fact that we have to keep ourselves alive, have to work, have to maintain relationships, and have to spend probably what amounts to months speaking with different healthcare professionals and billing departments. It's just exhausting. And if any type of list or tip that we can give you can take a little bit of pressure off your plate, then power to you. We can we can go to sleep with a smile on our faces tonight because reliving that freaking insulin bill just raised my stress levels again. <laughs> but it's also important to know, like, it's good to have a sense of what your medications should cost you because whether it's a substantial mistake like that or even something minor, um, you should know about what you should be paying for all of your prescriptions because if there is a mistake you know, I, I like to believe in the good in people that they're not trying to rob you per se, but it's really easy for people to know that like a mistake went through. And as long as it's not noticed, they're like, oh shoot, that happened. Well, no one said anything. Like you should know what your insulin costs you. You should know what your test strips cost you because there are times when I've been refilled for like 90 days. And then if I need extra test strips or something like that, um, even though I do have my CGM now, which I love, yeah. um, but needs vary. So sometimes you need a smaller supply of things and you kind of have to be able to do math is not my strong suit, but you have to be able to kind of, kind of keep up with, you know, this is about how much I expected to pay. This is what I'm being charged. And if there's a discrepancy, you don't just have to hand over your like debit card at the pharmacy. You can ask, like, did you run this through insurance? And if they're not clear and there's pressure, if you're low supply on something, which again, I like to think people aren't robbing me. I think it's just laziness sometimes <laughs> I, ju I just think that no one is going to look out for you more closely and with more care than you're going to look after yourself yes. so you do owe yourself the favor of not just accepting whatever bill is coming your way blankly but I think that, that also is true when you're dealing with doctor's offices and especially through patient portals every now and again if I'm messaging my doctor like if it's not a nurse that I'm familiar with or an administrator that I'm familiar with, someone will jump in and just say, hey, like I'm monitoring this person's inbox for the day. Here's the answer to your question. And it doesn't answer your question at all. Just get on the phone. Yeah. Don't, don't accept whatever they're saying is that's the only answer I'm going to get. If you require more detail or you need a more thorough response from your doctor who knows your history, don't accept the administrator response if it doesn't answer your question. If it does, go right ahead. There's nothing there's nothing wrong with taking a short answer if it answers the question that yeah, you're it's like, looking for. They, can I mix Tylenol with Advil or something and they're a registered right. nurse? Like that's one thing. But if it's like I really need an answer to change my specific, you know, I want to change from Semolin to a different type, like to Novolog. I don't know. I don't know what Semolin is. It's a different type of insulin. I think I butchered it. This is embarrassing. I swear I am a type 1 diabetic. Even but, just the amounts of your insulin. If yeah. you're like, hey, I've been seeing X numbers around this time. Do you support my decision to change this? 
and you need to know because you've been saying numbers out of whack and someone's popping in and they're like, that should be fine as long as you don't drop down to this amount of units and you're like, no, that's even lower than what I was saying or that's higher than what I was saying. Yeah, like, you no, don't want this Karen, is not the medical assistant who's never ha- gone to medical school weighing in on something that could literally kill you. So I then again, sorry, Karen, the medical assistant that I just made up. Medical assistants are great and we appreciate and value you. But at the same time, a medical degree is a medical degree and you are paying good money to see a doctor. And just to have the person who knows your records, like yeah. that's where I, that's where I really value it. I'm happy for input from anyone. It's just if I'm asking a question to someone who knows my routine, knows my patterns, and why I'm asking what I'm asking, that's what I'm really looking for. Is just the person who knows me and who told me to go on these doses right. in the first place. If I'm talking about adjusting it, sometimes it can be kind of disarming getting an unrelated response from a new person you're like oh no no I I really was looking for like the blessing of the person who put me on this ratio in the first place like can I adjust it and that's when you just need to be firm and call and just say I need this person I need this person for five minutes they can call me on their lunch break they can call me between appointments I have my cell phone on they can call that's when you need to be persistent is if you feel like something's not right and you really need a second set of eyes on your numbers and a second opinion on your routine, it's not helpful to have someone who has no idea about your history or like if they suggest something that you've tried before and hasn't worked, it's not their fault for suggesting it. It's just they don't know that you've tried that before. That's why you're reaching out to your doctor who knows everything. And it's disheartening. Every time something like that happens, it kind of, I mean, I'm not, it's not medical gaslighting, but it is a little bit like yeah, no shit. I thought of that. That's what brought me here, you know? And especially in patient portals, we're not sitting here writing out every little thing that we've tried because we're trying to get on the phone with someone or we're trying to get a quick appointment or we're trying to do something else. But that's not always, there's not enough space for all of that. But then hearing something you've tried four times and if someone scrolled back earlier on in your message and saw that you had already noted that, like it's disheartening. But in terms of actionable things that you guys can take away from this episode, I'm going to go through a little list of summarizing everything, but some of like my hot takes for in-person appointments or virtual appointments, any communication with your doctor. I, and I'm not saying I actually do this, but this is what I do if I am stressed about uh, an appointment or any type of communication, but I'll go in with a list on my phone or if you're old school, pen and paper of things that are worrying you that you want to discuss, any questions you might have, or any tests or test results that you want to discuss. And instead of worrying about writing all of that down as the answers come in from whoever you're trying to speak to, ask for a summary of your visit. Ask for them to help communicate, you know, what that is. I just had a great appointment at my dermatologist. Everyone go get your moles checked. And I had to get a very sexy mole biopsy um, like the 90 year old woman I am. And they, my dermatologist was like, I love her very much. Shout out to Dr. Garshik. She's an angel. If you're in New York, go see her. Um, she was telling me, you know, like how to take care of the biopsy after, you know, when it's healing. And I was like trying to write it down. She's like, Oh, don't worry about that. Like we're going to give, we'll send you home with explicit directions. And, um, I was like, okay, dope. Like, and the 
journalist in me was like, how can I not write down her response? Like, this is wrong. Like, I need this is like an interview. Like, I need to have word for word what she said. But they sent me home with the notes and it was great. And I didn't have to I could actually spend my time being there in the room asking questions that I wanted to get to know and have them explain to me. And the same can be said for my ophthalmology appointments, like diabetes eye doctor appointments, at least for me, are really stressful. Like I'm nervous, so nervous about that all the time just because it's terrifying. Um, and like the idea of diabetic neuropathy is terrifying. I should say the eye doctor is not terrifying. That's because all of the commercials they have about it are horrifying. That one where yeah. the woman is like walking through her eye. Like why? Like why? That is not a calming image. Like no, please stop. And everything's a lot of purple. It's, it's very Why it's is very it purple? Stressful. Why is, is that a part purple? of diabetic like retinopathy? Is that what's going to happen? She's just walking through the veins in her eyes. It freaks me like, out. Like how do you do that? And like is that the real color of blood? Is red a lie? Yes. Why did people Ugh. tell us otherwise? I'm not going down this path right now, Christine. And just not like, trying to walk through an eye. Not trying to do yeah, it. Yeah, like, no. Anyways, so and going back to actionable things you can do. Make a list. Check it twice. Make sure you go through that list with your doctor. Don't worry about getting answers, but make sure you ask before you get those answers for a summary of your visit and anything that you've discussed. Um, if they say, hey, we don't have the bandwidth to type up notes or our medical assistance out today or what have you, then you can either ask if you can record their answers on your phone or you can just ask them to talk really slow and type that or write that down if you're old school with pen and paper and make sure that you understand everything that was said and make sure that whoever you're asking these questions to doesn't leave the room until you understand. Um, or if they have to run into another appointment, ask for someone else or for a time that you can have a call and discuss this further. Because as long as you make sure that you understand the information that is being said to you and that you are asking everything that you want to ask, knowledge is power and everything else feels a little bit more a little bit more manageable. So if you can go through all these appointments with that in mind, I guarantee you it will be just a little bit better. But patient portals, trying to get people on the phone, that's always going to be not a fun time. But if you make sure that you can have to do it less, it'll be much better. That's my hot take, Christy. Um, I would only tack on to that. Um, lie if you need to. Sometimes I say that I have an appointment <laughs> Like, I don't want to say lie in life, but if you feel like you need a response quickly and or you need records transferred over for the following week, I love to just say, I need them later this afternoon. I've got an appointment. It's awful. They need these immediately. Um, apply pressure via those lies. It just expedites things. I'm sorry, but just say, I need these by the end of the week, even if you need them the week after. They don't know. They're not going to call always the doctor and say, hey, does so-and-so, does Christy have an appointment this Friday? They don't care. I might not need them until the following Friday. But I feel better when I know that everything that I can do to be ready for an appointment, especially with moving and having all of these new doctors, lie. Lie it up. It's an emergency. I need these over immediately. I mean, always pad those deadlines. That is something yes. that is another good takeaway. Pad those deadlines. Make sure that you are getting what you need. Um Definitely, like, don't tell people you're dying if you're not. But if you, it's not a nine one one call. Yeah. It's just a. <laughs> if you need your your information by a certain time, and you know, based off of everything that's occurred up until this point, that you don't have faith that anyone's going to get you that information in time, they don't need to know when your appointment is. Be like, I need it by you know 
5 p.m. today. Have them fax it while you're on the phone and you can hear the fax machine going in the background. That's great. Have them fax. Have them fax live. Have them email live. I love that. I love saying I'm happy to hold. I am happy to hold. I'm happy to stay on the phone with you while you do this. Anything that you you about what I did today. When you have a live person, anything that you can get them to do while you're live on the phone is better than saying than trusting that they're going to do what you're asking after you hang up. Have them do it on the phone with you. Be like, I have no problem. You know what? Pull up that email. I'll give you the address. I have the fax number right here. I've got the email right here. Let's do this together now. You'd think that we were like in some kind of organized crime. Trust no one <laughs> when it comes to these things. Like well, I, They're going to jot it down to do later. If you, if you really feel like you need something quickly, the best thing to do is just have them do whatever you're asking live on the phone. Because otherwise it's going to get pushed to the end of the day and then somehow it's going to get pushed into the next morning. It's how things just don't get done. You have yeah. you have to ask for it in a timelier manner than you need. And none of this is to say to be rude. You can be polite but firm. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, so, I'm a delight on the phone, but I lie. She's always a delight. Um, but, but I lie. <laughs> that was I lie a little bit. I mean, every- it's for their own good. Do would you Insurance rather angry call lie for all me? the time? Yeah, like I don't. I don't know. I think that it's not necessarily lying in that instance as much as omitting a little bit of info. Sorry, this is very timely for the Olympics. Um, That's my alarm. So I split my basal insulin. I take half in the morning, half at night. (laughs) Fun fact, the Olympic theme song is my alarm year-round. I love it in the morning. really gets me jazzed and going. That's because you are a gold medalist in my eyes, Christy. It's been like that since Michael Phelps. I had a huge crush. TBT. I have – my sister got me the DVD of like all of his races for Christmas several years ago. That's I haven't watched it once, but I love that I have it. I – my high school, a whole bunch of people – we have a lot of Olympians, uh, alumni from my high school. And I'm pretty sure Michael Phelps like used to swim with a whole bunch of people I know from high school, which is wild. We'll um, talk about that offline. Yeah, Christy's eyes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gotta go. Um, yeah, I've never met him. Him just to, just to be clear. Uh, not yet. Thank you guys for yeah, not yet. Thank you guys for going on this wild journey of an episode with us. I hope that you learned something, Christy. Thank you as always for being a pal and um, sitting in and keep helping me keep this afloat. Um, happy, happy to fill in happy to check in wishing Miriam the best and it's fun to talk to all the pancreas pals it's cool to be here hell yeah and Chrissy will be back for more episodes while Miriam is off being a mom um, so anyways if you liked what you heard here or you hate us whatever I don't care follow us on Instagram at pancreas underscore pals follow us on Facebook at pancreas pals pp Sign to our DMs only if it's nice. If it's mean, I don't want to hear it. I'm not in the headspace for that these days. insurance. I don't care if you hate me. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. Just pay for this. Um, it's fine. Just cover cover my insulin. Uh, fa- email us at pancreaspals123 at gmail.com. Uh, we want to know what you want to hear for the rest of the season. This is just the first episode. There's a lot of great things to come. We're really excited. I'm super excited to have Christy back in this co-hosting chair. And great things are to come. 
probably less heated than today's episode. Um, I'm really just still awash in that insolent debacle. It's still brimming in the back of my mind. So I'm going to go do a quick meditation and calm down. No one worry about me. I will be okay. Um, But much love and always fun to talk to you, Christy. Thanks again. Back at you, babe. Talk to everyone soon. Bye.